Here's another best of episode of U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Way back in May of 2023, we touched base with USA 7 star and quite the social media influencer, Ilona Marr. Ilona was still recovering from a leg injury and anxious to get back on the circuit. Uh, we look back on her career thus far, including being named to the World Rugby Dream Team and her time at Quinnipiac you know, years ago in uh, college rugby, obviously. You know, does she see herself playing 15s again? We ask her that question. You may be surprised by her response. Also, Fitzy and I take notes as Ilona teaches us old farts how to go viral on social media while keeping our clothes on. Yeah, that's no fun. Uh, I ran into Ilona a couple months later in Chicago at the MLR Championship match. She said this was the best show she's ever been on. Well, maybe not in those exact words, uh, but that's how I interpreted it. Anyway, enjoy the show. It's a good one. Joining us now to talk about Navy rugby, <laughs> uh, social media sensation. Oh, yeah. She plays a little rugby, too. Let's all welcome U.S. Rugby 7 star, Alana Marr. Hi, Alana. Hello. How are we? We are good. How are you? I'm good. I'm just hanging out. Uh, just for reference, Ilona Marr. Ilona, thank you. I, I listened yeah. to like four highlights earlier today and yeah, asked yeah, yeah. I get names wrong all the time so it's not just Everybody's, you I, I don't even mind anymore everyone says it wrong at this point I'm like just call me whatever I respond to many things to be honest no no I'm glad you corrected me because it is the it's like it's the worst thing for me why do I get names wrong Same. I'll get John wrong if you get yeah 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 uh okay how are you and, and also more importantly how is the uh, rehab going yeah I'm good so I'm just kind of hanging out at home in San Diego. I thought it would be a little bit different summer. I thought I'd be, you know, traveling around Greece after the last tournament, but instead I'm here just kind of recovering and doing PT. So I broke my fibula and then displaced my ankle eight weeks ago. So I'm just now out of the boot. I'm walking on it, putting weight on it. So making some progress, which is nice. Uh, was this your first major injury? Uh, I would say, yeah, one that's really taken me out. I've done the, I've done a lot of the ligaments on this ankle before, but they were able to heal and I never missed a tournament. But this is the first one that's really, you know, required surgery, required a, a big rehabilitation time. So it's definitely different for me. Right. And um, what's what's the return look like? When How long do you think? Wait, is there a so date? We're kind of, it's kind of at a weird time right now that, well, since we've qualified for the Olympics, we have a lot of time off. And this mm. allows me a lot of time to re focus on recovery. Uh, which is great. So, you know, I'm not trying to rush anything. I could mm -hmm. be back, you know, August, September-ish. But again, no need to rush this process. Say we had a big tournament coming up in July and it relied on this tournament to qualify for the Olympics. But we're kind of set. We're sitting in a nice place. So I'm just going to take my time with it. You know, you know uh, before it fits, I know you want to jump in here. But um, it took me a while. So I had a new ACL put in, uh, re repaired uh, meniscus. Just through that, I lost a lot of muscle in that, my left leg. Uh, how are you keeping up with strength? Yeah, you know what's interesting is kind of this is one of the better injuries to do uh, mm. because it's not too long rehabilitation time. And you do like they want to get you moving pretty soon afterwards to get that joint mobilized to get that muscle back in it. So it's, it's been good. I haven't lost too much. I did like a body composition. I've lost about like three centimeters on my left side around my thigh and uh, calf. Mm. But other than that, it's been really good. I've been really, ha I really do have the best trainers who are working with me and it's kind of like been a lot of one-on-one -on -one with my team being gone. So they're definitely keeping an eye on me. I, don't know, I think what I enjoy most about watching you play is you're such a competitive, 
competitor on the field. So I got to ask, has it been tough for you to have to kind of watch the team uh, from the sidelines of the past couple of months? I mean, it's very, it can be very sad because I mean, my goal going into this season was I want to qualify for the Olympics, not just for myself, but because this qualification means funding means all sorts of stuff for us. So that was my big goal. And then to not be there when we did qualify and to be behind that sign, like knowing that I was such a big part of it in those past tournaments and that I didn't really get to finish the job was definitely very sad. Um, but then also in another way, it was very cool to see how well my team did without me. And it gave me a sense of like almost confidence going into the season. Like, well, man, we have a, we have a bench, we have numbers that we can rely on. Um, and it, it just means that I can do my job a little bit better as well. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the makeup of, of this year's squad, right? You mentioned veterans like yourself, Naya Tapper, Kelter, certainly leading the way. You add in some new, young, exciting faces like Summer and, and, and Sammy. What made this team so good this year? What brought it all together? You know, it's so interesting because it's such a turnaround from last year. Last year, we kind of were just a team that didn't really know what we were doing together, I feel like. And some days we'd be on, some games we wouldn't. Most tournaments, we wouldn't even make it past quarters. So it's definitely interesting to see that, you know, 180 that we've done. Uh, I can't really say what it is. I just think that it's a buy-in to actually people, the system and people running the system and understanding, like, if you do this here, this is what this is going to create instead of, like, trying to go off of it and do something that just doesn't work for how we play, how we want to play. Um, and I just think having a really solid group of, of women who are really – who we vibe well together, we have a great culture together, and we just genuinely love being with each other. So speaking – New staff, new players, whatever else. Emily Bedwell comes in, takes over head coach duties. You know, what has Emily brought to the team? Well, it's been very interesting. I think she brings definitely a different perspective that a lot of us have had with our coaches and with uh, rugby in the U.S. You know, here we have uh, an American woman, uh, which I think is really cool. You get a different perspective as well, being coached by a woman. And I think it's something that maybe we needed on this team. Mm-hmm. Um I think she's really special in that she cares a lot about our team and really understands the individual players and what everybody's bringing. Like, you know, she's been around this program for a while now. She knows how we play. She knows our strengths. She knows how people get together. So I think just having a seriously deep knowledge of the team she's creating and an absolute passion for it. So, By the way, congrats on your World Rugby Dream Team honors. There's some heavy hitters on that list. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of cool. My goal going into the season, because I was hoping maybe to get it last year, and I just remember sitting there waiting for it to be called, and I wasn't called, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it next year then. You know, okay. keep it from me this year, but I'm going to get it next year. So super, super proud to get that. Um, and to be the only, um, you know, American-only woman up there not from Australia New Zealand, I think is, <laughs> is really cool and, and super honored because – uh, I think it's well deserved, and even if it wasn't me, I think one of our my teammates should have gotten it because we did so we did so well this season and we're so consistent. Mm-hmm. And um, my, I mean, Kersh is deserving of it. I is deserving of it. So proud to have gotten it. Uh, was definitely sad to not be there to accept it and be like up there with the you know yellow and black jerseys and be the one American. But again, it was super cool. Part of me was hoping when I saw the the video from World Rugby. I was really hoping they would have a highlight of you with that knee cart you had, like wheeling into a store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that would go with the brand aesthetic, but they could <laughs> with with the announcers in there. Like, oh, Lord, I'm on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, let's go to our first listener. Alistair, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? Hey. Great. Um, so I just wanted to ask a question about um, PR7s, and I'm really just curious how players in the U.S. are, are thinking about it as, as an opportunity and you know, whether it, whether it, cause from, from the outside, it, it seems like a great opportunity, but I'm, I'm curious to get your perspective as a, a player. Uh, I think PR Sevens is really cool what they're doing. I think a lot of the girls, the women that I know are very excited to be playing in it because it gives them an opportunity to play high level with other high level players and also to be paid for it which is, you know, something that's major bounds. I know that Pier 7 is really releasing some big names. They got Waka playing for them and Tui and some other big names coming over. So I think it's really cool. I personally am not playing in it, um, but I know some of my teammates are. And from what they've said in the past last year, they, they really loved it and had a great experience at it. And even just from myself watching from the outside, I, I've been impressed by the level of play. Uh, so I think this is just another stepping stone to, like, ID talent because already some great talent that has been ID'd from it. And, I mean, from what I can tell, all the players really do enjoy it. Thank you. Great question, great question Alistair. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, and, Lord, I want to jump to Paris Olympics real quickly. Again, talk a little bit about this season again, the accomplishments, automatically qualified for the Paris Olympics, finished the 2023 season in third place, earning six medals, the most ever for U.S. women's seven squad. So we're a year out from the Olympics, and I think a lot of folks are, myself and Bill included, are pegging your squad as a serious medal contender. Is it fair to say the Olympics pretty much the only thing on the team's mind at the moment? You know what's interesting? I think it's kind of really far from the mind, actually. I think what we've learned is if you put so much pressure on getting that medal and that one thing at the Olympics, you you start to forget about the other things. And that was something that I learned at the last Olympics, that you put so much pressure, especially as Americans, like getting a medal at the Olympics, that we don't forget that we're still playing a season and every tournament is really important. So personally for me, and even like I guess after the COVID experience, like who knows if the Olympics going to happen? I kind of think that way, like, I don't try to get my hopes up for it after what what happened last time because I was just so devastated. So we're definitely excited for the Olympics, but we're not getting too we're not getting ahead of ourselves. We're trying to be really present and like focus on each tournament. So like you know next we might go play in Fiji and we're gonna maybe do the Pan Am Games. Like those still are very important tournaments. And I think if you just focus on Paris, you're forgetting about the memories, the the things that we're gonna do the whole year in between that we could make some serious bounds with. Um, but, I mean, it is the Olympics, so we are – it is in the back of our head, I guess. I probably should have paid closer attention to the TEDx talk that you gave. Yeah. Were you, were you, were you you're funny? good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. I just said it. You're good. Alona, <laughs> let's jump back a bit. I want to talk to Quinnipiac. Um, the documentary, I believe, is coming out in the fall. Uh, you're featured in the trailer, of course. Uh, pretty excited for that, for the fans to see it? You know, I'm I'm excited to see it. I I wasn't able to go to the there's a 10th anniversary of the rugby reunion. I wasn't able to go to it because of my ankle, mm. but I'm super excited. I mean, that program did so much for me, and I think is a big reason I am the player, the person I am today. And um, I think the program there is like shaped me to be what I, you know an Olympian athlete. So I'm excited to see it. I think people think of Quinnipiac as a place that maybe doesn't produce. You don't go there to be a USA rugby player, but I think I'm a, a big showing that 
it really doesn't matter too much where you go. It matters like how you make use of your time, how you play, present yourself, and what if you have a goal to kind of really focus on it. Now, did I read this correctly? You played basketball, field hockey, soccer, and rugby at Quinnipiac. Oh, holy sh- no! I <laughs> know <laughs> no. where did that come? From? It was on the USA uh, Olympics page for your uh, your okay. bio. <laughs> Very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how do you play some of those at the same that. time? <laughs> yeah, I, I played two sports, no, three sports in the fall is what it sounds like. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I just did. Quinnipiac is a D one NCAA yeah. sport, so I yeah, was yeah. just able to do rugby there. And it was awesome, and it was a very tough sport. We had our 6.30 a.m. lifts, and we trained every day, and we had to match. And I think what's getting me there is I was all, I've was i always been an athlete. So in high school, I played field hockey, basketball, and softball. So that is just, like, something I think I attribute to a reason I'm such a good rugby player is because of all the sports I played before playing rugby. Now, now our, our first guest um, of the show, Martin Pengelly, was, he was doing a story and a video in 2015 on Army, Army Rugby. Uh, which was shot, I think, when Army was playing Quinnipiac. And he was wondering if that was you 30 seconds into the video destroying a fly half, just releasing the ball. The fly half looked quite scary. Do you have any recollection of this? <laughs> when was this? When was it? 2015. <laughs> it probably was. was probably I, was. Uh, <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead, Martin. Yeah, I'm still here. Um, someone told me, the Quinnipiac Twitter account today told me it was the scrum half whose name I could find out. Um, and I, I destroyed him? No, I think it, <laughs> they said it was the Quinnipiac scrum half whose name I should be. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mason Johnson, probably. Yes. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, no, we, we, uh, we did some really cool stuff with that program and. Um, I think we really showed that rugby can be an NCAA program, and if you put funding behind it and uh, give these girls a shot, it's just um, it, it's really a sport that can up be up there with basketball, field hockey, and all those other sports that get a lot of money. And not to mention, I think uh, fall rugby in New England uh, is unbeatable. There's just something about that. Oh, uh, for sure. And uh, you know, what I think is interesting though is like that's. That's 15s rugby, and I really I just don't play 15s anymore. But I think 15s rugby, as my dad calls it, is real rugby. Um, <laughs> so I think there is something to be said, and like hopefully continue that fall 15s rugby because it is really special. I'm glad you brought up 15s. Is that done? No, I would love to. I, I my goal is to at some time go play in the Premier League. Um, oh yeah. Just, I think it would be super yeah. cool. But I, I'd love to play in the World Cup in 2025 in England. I think that is going to be another record-breaking event for the game for women. And so, you know, I, I would love. I'm, I'd go either way, but I would love to be playing in it. And I, but I think beforehand, I'd have to do a little bit of a 15s training because I've kind of lost it all. I don't really, I don't really see the game like I used to. But I do think if I were to, you know, play against the best and really immerse myself in it. Like like with a Premier League team, I, mm. I think it would really be cool for me. Right. Wouldn't it be great if it was the WPL, right? I mean, I, <laughs> ultimate goal, right? The WPL gets to the point where it is at um, Premier 15s. 100%, you know, but I, I honestly want to go to England. I think I'm going to find okay. my mm-hmm. husband over there. I got to get over there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, Lona, we, we, we got to ask. We got to talk about this, right? Social media, you've become you've you've been quite the star on, on online on, on social quite the influencer i guess um mm-hmm. you, you all you, you blew up certainly at the tokyo olympics was that something that you kind of set out to do or was it just something that 
it became viral and then overnight you were just like well i'm just gonna run with this because this is my personality well you know i i'd gone into it knowing that people were made at the olympics michael phelps simone biles these are people whose lives careers were made at this at this short event you know of over four days um and but i also knew that i wasn't going to be the best player in the world and was people were going to take notice you know i don't play an individual sport like that so i kind of was like well i have to get crafty at it and i i do believe i have maybe a personality that a lot don't and i'm not afraid to show that so i just kind of really went into the olympics knowing that this is a very important time for athletes to make themselves to for the ability to maybe when they're off the Olympics make money other ways. So I wanted to make the TikTok because I knew the TikTok has a reach that many other apps don't. And I made it a mission to get myself out there, get my team out there also so that people would tune into our sport because, you know, it was COVID, no fans were there. So we needed that support back home. Well, I got to ask you then, are you, are you any concerns if TikTok gets banned outside of Montana around the rest of the U.S.? You know what? I am not concerned because what am I going to do? I don't, I don't really care that much. <laughs> like it's been an amazing app for me, but I just don't, you know, I think that if you take away TikTok, people are going to flood to another app. So, okay, I'll go yeah. work more on, t- on Instagram or whatever it is. I am not t- too sad about it because I just think if you take away one, another's going to pop up. Something else is going to be created. Um, so it's not, it's not, I'm not, it's not really on my mind, which I think a lot of people are confused about, but I'm like, I'm not, what am I going to do? No one's going to, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. So whatever happens, happens. Where do you get some of your best ideas for your videos? Do you just experiment or whatever comes to your mind? You're like, Honestly, hey, I'm run with this? you should just be inside my head because I am <laughs> constantly making stuff up. Uh, it's really just for me. I think I try to go for relatability. Like if I think of something funny, I'm like, you know what? Other people have gone through this, or this is a funny thing that probably someone else has experienced because I think that's what really works with people is like, Oh, we all have a very universal experience. And by someone saying it like, Oh, that's me. That's what happens to me. I think is what um, has made, been successful for me at least. Uh, and then I just kind of try to like, personally, I, I've found that people are really interested to see that a very muscular woman who's a, you know, a threat on the field can also be feminine. So like kind of playing into that and showing what's possible and that, you know, these female athletes aren't, shouldn't be put in a box and rugby players mm-hmm. can be all sorts of things. Back during the uh, New Zealand World Cup, 15s World Cup, there's a picture of Jenny Cronish um, inhaling a meat pie. And mm-hmm. I saw that and I said, what would Alona do? there would definitely be a video there (laughs) yeah 100 percent. well that's the thing it's like when you become this content creator everything could be a video so there's also that weird having to balance that right of like you don't just have to create everything because everything is a way to get yourself out there to make more money so it's that that balance you have to find while doing it all right so so fitzy and i have our pens ready uh, what is the balance? What's the magic formula for getting a video to go viral? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, be insanely hot like me. No, I don't. Oh. I don't really know. I think it's like <laughs> I think it's just really finding something that people universally relate to. Yeah. Like True. something that they are like, oh my gosh, that's me as well. That's so funny. Or oh, look at she's big like me. That's so wild that she has this sort of confidence. Well, maybe I can have this confidence. Like. You know, my my fan base is very much so women from like 
18 to 35. And like a lot of women, we, we have the same struggles of feeling too big, of being told we're too much, of um, not wanting to work out to be because we're manly. So like for me, I know that all these women are feeling that so I can, I can tune into that and can share that with them because I know that that's how they feel. Well, my daughter, uh, my older daughter, who's a uh, who's plays college soccer, follows you. She doesn't do much with rugby, but she she follows you. She came to me not long ago. Do you know who this is? And she loves you. So <laughs> keep doing well, it. <laughs> you know what's really interesting is that most of my followers, I would probably say seventy percent of my followers, actually don't play rugby. The mm-hmm. girls that come up to me on the streets and people who come up to me aren't aren't rugby players. Most of them. They're just people who follow my content, which I, I really is so happy about Yeah, that, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm reaching the rugby community, but my main goal is to reach those who don't know rugby and to get rugby out there. So you recently started hosting, um, ask me anything and a series on Instagram. It looks like you're having a blast, uh, with that series. Uh, talk about that. Yeah. So I, I love working with brands like, uh, together, just women's sports, just that are really committed to women's sports. Uh, to me, I think people think I have some sort of extra knowledge. I don't really, I just make a lot of stuff up, but, um, (laughs) I think what's cool is that I'm not afraid to maybe share the awkwardness, the weirdness, the, the things that I've felt because I, we are sometimes even a very, doctored up view of the world a very perfect view of the world and i just like to think that maybe i give a more realistic view and a more realistic view on things and and life and dating and and being yourself i don't have to ask um what's been <laughs> your favorite question you've had, you've been asked so far on that series uh, favorite question favorite question or have there been any questions where you're like, oh, I can't answer that. There's no way. Uh, well, they've, been, they've been giving the questions to me. You know, I've gotten a lot of <laughs> the, the single questions. I'm like, these people behind the keyboard, I'm like, what are you going to do about it, you punks? Uh, <laughs> so I've had to answer that one a couple times. Um, I'm just still waiting for a billionaire to slide into my DMs. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> I mean, because of this series. <laughs> um, but no, I just think people, you know, they want to get to know me, want to know how, how I am the way I am, I guess. Got it, got it. All right, so it's Bill and I's turn to ask you some some off-the-wall questions here. So some fun questions here. Who has the best nickname on the team? Best nickname on the team? You know what? We're really not like other rugby teams where people get cool nicknames. I think the only one would be like um, Nana gives people nicknames. So she gave – so she calls Lauren Doyle princess. She calls Nicole Nicole tank – but really, we all got, you know what we did do once? We did make up, um, like, fighter pilot names, but, like, really from embarrassing stories we all did. So I can't share those, but that was a fun time. Well, so that, that dovetails that dovetail well into the next question, which is, who is the best prankster on the team? And can you share a clean version prank with us? <laughs> you know, pranksters. I personally hate pranks, but um, Jazz, Jazz no, do pranks. Um, all the time or like you know they'll they'll do something that's that's dumb and then they keep the joke going so they're like jazz or naya's form of like humor is like lying and then you're like wait a minute are you being serious and like no i'm not and then it's like a weird like you can't tell if they're serious or not so sometimes they'll get me going i'm like oh maybe they are being serious and then 10 minutes later we'll be like it's a joke so i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> um but they're there it's just a, it's a fun group of people and i almost wish we were like had a keeping up with the kardashian show because some of the stuff that we talk about and the, the way we interact is truly entertaining what or what what city is your favorite stop on the tour cape town south africa i think it's an amazing place great food great people 
Well, we've, I have to ask this because we botched it at the very beginning, but how many different versions of your first and last name people <laughs> called you? You know, it's funny. It's, uh, so my name is Il- Ilona Mar, Ilona Mar. I accept many things, uh, but most people do call me just low. Uh, I did a podcast recently and it was like, great time, great podcast. And then I go to click on it. My sister goes to check it out for me and they spelled my name completely. They spelled it I-L-O-H-N-A. And then my last name, M-A-R-R. And I was like so angry because I just don't understand people. You can say my name wrong. That's fine. It's the people who spell it wrong when it's right there in the caption or above it. And I was just like, this is, I had to message him and I got a little angry. I was like, this is the worst spelling of my name I've ever seen. <laughs> like go, go to any of my social media and spell it correctly. You know, so like things like that, like saying my name wrong. I don't, I don't mind at all. It's the when it's obviously right there and you spell it wrong. I just think it's just a, like negligence at that point. Well, well, I got a, I got a full disclosure here. Um, in in haste, when I posted really quick earlier, after we communicated <laughs> no, back didn't. and forth, Alona. <laughs> yeah. Well, the graphic was right, but in the okay. text, it was just you know when you type fast, it just comes out. It was just a Y instead of an H. So what? <laughs> no, that's fine. that's fine. The guy, this was for the, the he was spelled it phonetically. And I was like, what oh, are you talking like about? AI. It was AI. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, you know, I want to ask you one question. I was thinking about this earlier. And this actually goes back to Martin's half about uh, West Point. Uh, your teammate, Sammy, uh, went to West Point. Uh, and, and I asked also Martin about this, if there's any difference in, uh, say, military players maybe about their intensity on the field, whatever. But to me, for some reason, Sammy seems, and she's been on the show. She's amazing. Um, she seems pretty, in, she could be really intense. It, it, do I have that right at all? Yes, but I, I have to say, I don't notice many, a, a difference. Or, you know, maybe there is a little bit of difference. I don't notice much difference between like the military and the yeah. regular people. I think maybe a way that they definitely, how they go about things could be a little bit different. But I mean, Sammy is, Sammy is less intense. She's very passionate, I would say. And she, she like loves hard. She plays hard. She works hard. So like everything she does, she is going to give her all into, and she's probably going to cry doing it. But mm. I don't think that takes away what an amazing, powerful player she is. I, I love that she's ready to show emotion and be in the army and be this powerful woman. Well, Lo, um, before we wrap up here with you, uh, anything we should expect to see from you in the next couple months, other than you getting healthy and getting back on the pitch? I don't know. Hopefully I'll run soon. Maybe I'll see the dog in a little bit. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, I'm going to, I think, you know, it is interesting, but using TikTok, using these social medias as outlets for myself to connect with people and to share my story. So keep watching on those channels. We shall. Fitzy, anything from you? No, this is great. I'm, I've, I've enjoyed this, this short conversation. Thank you. Love. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> We're on a, uh, a, a half first name basis now i love it Uh, (laughs) all right alona mar thank you so much for joining us it's been a blast and again good luck with the recovery good luck uh getting back with the squad and and the i know you said it but olympics for us as well okay thanks everybody all right have a great night